unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel, and a very special guest today. So I'm just going to hand it over to you, David. All right, Nathan, thanks, and good morning. So I've known our special guest today for more than 30 years, and I distinctly remember a seminar we gave at the Holiday Inn Express in Mill Valley, California, but for the life of me, I can't remember what we talked about. Um, So let's meet him. His name is Tom Antion. My friend Tom Antion has never had a job. Think of that. But he's an internet millionaire, um, a guy next door, and he's been a professional speaker and entertainer since 1988. He says he's taught more professional speakers than anyone else alive, and he's the founder of the only licensed, dedicated internet marketing school in the country, along with the only facility of its kind in the world, the Great Internet Marketing Retreat Center, where people come in from all over the world to study internet marketing. Yeah. Tom has a new podcast, which he invited me to be on, and we'll share that info with you when it comes. It's called Screw the Commute, and it teaches people how they could pretty much live two lives for the price of one if they weren't sitting in the car on the way to work making other people rich. Now, before we hear from Tom, I have to admit that I don't know if one of the things he teaches at his internet marketing center is this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy for highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Tom, welcome. Today, you told me you're going to talk about what you call verbal copywriting. I think that's very cool. And to be 100% honest, I mean, we're both pretty honest people. I have no idea what it is. So, <laughs> well, I also coined wow. a term. I also coined a term called 3D copywriting. 3D copywriting. 3D okay. copywriting because uh, when you get into verbal and interactions with people, either from the stage, which is I'm going to try to encourage people to get up there, even if they're a little scared, uh, or in networking meetings or in in one-on-one conversations to get your business. There's a lot more that goes on than just the words that everybody on this podcast is a wordsmith. They're excellent. They're the top of the heap at those. But if you don't combine them with these other elements of uh, inter, uh, interpersonal interactions, uh, you, you're going to have a tough time by just using words only. And, and I will be, I, I love your disclaimer there, but I will be teaching people today how to say outrageous things perfectly legitimately never get in any trouble and it's a it's a great publicity generator for yourself too because people grab on to outrageous claims but if you don't explain immediately what how it really works then you look like a a hypester so i'll be doing that too as we go along today that sounds really good so i know you're also a very skilled copywriter when we i was on your podcast you talked about a consult you had done with Corey rudel and how it led to about a million dollars in the sale of one product. 
That was one page on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what's the first thing a copywriter? Okay. Uh, this is, this is like going to be a, maybe sound like a dumb question, but I, I think it's worthwhile asking what's the first thing a copywriter should think about before they open their mouth? Well, uh, if, if they're in an interpersonal interaction, either one-on-one trying to get a client, you have to pay attention to the, you know, the, I'll call that the one D the words, but the 2D is the uh, facial expressions and body language that you, uh, that you show. And the 3D is the whole things of what you do. For instance, uh, when I uh, do a speaking engagement, my, my motto is I want them to love me before I even get in the country that I'm speaking. Okay. So something that I do, which would be one of the Ds, would be to offer to throw a pre- event webinar or pre-event teleclass uh, to get everybody on board and excited about uh, me coming. And, uh, and I use a lot of, I don't know if you use the term Zagarnik technique, but <laughs> I don't know. Why. I, know what, I know what it is. It's yeah. like a cliffhanger. In, exactly. In the, so, right. so I might say something, uh, but you never want it when you're using a, a technique where you're doing a cliffhanger, you never want to seem like you're holding back and not giving because people hate that. It's like the author that says, well, if you buy my book, you can read you know, the answer to that question, and then everybody hates that. So I use a lot of the Garnick technique, but in a nice way. So I might say, oh, hey, when you come to this event, I'm going to show you how to create a $50,000 video about you and your company for only pennies on the dollar. And there's all kinds of little techniques that you can get big government agencies to give you footage for free and everything. You've got to be there and see this going to take me 20 minutes to explain all this to you but you got to see this because mine's made me six million dollars so far so they're like ah, ah, you know and i didn't say anything other than the big concept and they're wondering how do we do that how do we get one of those so uh you created that demand before i even got in the country i'm speaking yeah that's that's really good because i was I was listening to it and i was watching my excitement level go up as, <laughs> as my my more uh, analytical mind saying, well, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but it works. It, it, All it, right. And, and uh, you know, I, I always want to give extra value. The, what I just said there about the government agency, if mm-hmm. you live in any kind of reasonably sized uh, place, you have a convention and visitors bureau, a CBB, sure. CVB. And their mandate is to bring people to your area. And they have all this video footage. I got probably twenty to thirty thousand dollars of video footage, aerial footage of Virginia Beach and everything, wow. shopping and everything for free. I mean, I paid a few bucks to have a cop. And so that's just one thing on this whole production on how you do a fifty thousand dollar video for penny. Thing. Oh, that's so, really great. so uh, again, there I said an outrageous thing, but then I came in and gave you an explanation to say, "Wow, that's true. That's credible." See. So when you put those two together, people love that, and you don't get in any trouble for outrageous claims. Yeah, you know, one if I think about the copywriter's journey, it doesn't always go like this, but nine times out of ten, it does. They start out, you know, struggling to find anything, and then they're working overtime with with too many clients, and then they start to find a niche, and then they start to get some results, they get known, and they um, start to charge a little more and 
develop a sense of style, maybe even a brand or a, a differentiation. And then they say, sort of like your screw the commute thing, they say, I'm making all these other people rich by helping them sell their products. And I'm getting paid okay, but I could make a lot of money if I had a product. And then they develop a product. And then, oh, I'm probably going to skip a few steps here, but eventually they end up speaking at one of your events or mm -hmm. an event you're speaking at, or like an event, the kind of event you speak at. And of course, that's where you, you told me, and correct me if I'm wrong or, or elucidate upon it if I'm right, that you generally outsell everybody else from the platform when you're at an event where there's a lot of speakers with products. What, what are some basic things they need to know that maybe they can even use in other situations in selling from the platform in this 3D copywriting? Yeah, well, well pretty much uh, in the past, I don't know, 16, 18 years, I've never done less than 100,000 at the back of the room. Wow. And that's with maybe two to 300 people, roughly, and maybe 16 to 20 other speakers on the program. And frequently, I sell more than all of them put together. Uh, but one of the main things is you have to talk to people. You have to not be a diva. I love it. because And another thing that I do is I go early and stay late. So I'm an accessible expert. I'm the guy next door. Uh, you know, just because I'm a multimillionaire doesn't mean that I'm not going to talk to you. In fact, one of my best clients uh, was that uh, nobody would talk to him. He was dressed poorly. His teeth were ragged. And, and he ended up, he was like a five-time serious best-selling author. And nobody would talk to him. And he ended up paying me a fortune to help him with other stuff. See? So so be accessible uh, to people and don't be the diva. Because I sit there and I'm watching every other speaker and I see them blow in and blow out with their entourage like they're big shots. And I'm like sitting there, I'm going to take your money. I'm going to home with me because you won't talk to anybody. So, yeah. uh, so you go early, you stay late, and you still have interpersonal communication. See, the, the bulk of what I do isn't even on the stage. It's you know, you, know uh, you remind me right now of a story Dan Kennedy told about a speaker at at a conference, and you know he's sitting there and they're sitting in the round table in the hotels, and uh, they're passing out. The you know waiter comes up and passes out the dinner rolls, and then he gives everybody a pat of butter. And the speaker says, uh, "Could I have another pat of butter?" And the waiter says, "No, just one per person." And he says, do you know who I am? I am the keynote speaker for this event. And the waiter says, you know who I am? I am? I'm the guy in charge of the butter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, I, I even have a person. I'm in hardcore in my old years. It, you know, if I was at a, at a luncheon with a big contract on the line and somebody treated like that, uh, the waiter like that, I'd get up and leave. You know, yeah. I don't need you anymore. I got to the place where, you know, when you work for yourself your whole life you pick and choose who you get to uh, deal with and, I, and know, that is a luxury right i mean that's exactly probably it's one, of, one of the best reasons to go into business is not only you don't hate the boss but you don't hate the clients either right, <laughs> right. so another thing that i do is is scare tactics and it sounds mean and it sounds ominous but when i explain how i do it it's clearly not and uh, when you you mix scare tactics with features and benefits, which is kind of rudimentary for your crew here. But, but, uh, so scare tactic, the definition to me is I want you to know in no uncertain terms 
there's consequences to you of not knowing what I know or having what I have. And so I might be on stage and point you out and say, hey, hey, sir, right where you were, right where you were sitting one time, somebody told me they spent $80,000 on a website without one visitor and one sale. I would never let that happen to you. Say, I come in on the white horse. I'm, I'm not going to let that happen to you. So I show the, the, the naked, the scare thing. And then I show the features and benefits. And a logical person will say, well, I don't want any of that bad stuff. And I want that good stuff. So a logical person, if the price is reasonable and all the other stars align, will buy your product. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques, last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So, when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab. garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now, back to the show. So, you got to mix the scare thing. I watched an, an infomercial. There's this, there's, did you ever see one of these at, at Christmas time? They see these uh, plastic candy canes out in front of somebody's yard, a big oh, jet, sure. right? Yeah. Well, that's what they were selling on this infomercial. And I was like, what is that thing? Well, it was something that you screw on the end of your hose and then you can clean your gutters out with. The entire commercial was people laying on the ground, broken legs, falling off ladders, <laughs> and <laughs> everything about it was scare tactic. Like, this is what's going to happen if you've got to climb over your bushes to clean your gutters, you know? So, so and of course, you could get an extra one for just extra shipping and handling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, so uh, I do that from the stage, and I use uh, superlatives. I, I call them superlatives. But whenever you can get yourself in a position where you can say, I'm the biggest, the best, the first, those kinds of terms. And I don't care if you have to start like I'm the first on my block, right? But if you can get those into your, uh, your sales appeal, then uh, you set yourself apart. Yeah. So this is interesting as I'm hearing you. I, I know it's a good idea, and I'm not arguing with that. but. And what I am thinking is you have to put yourself in a different context because these days, Google AdWords will not let you use any superlatives. Right. But remember, I'm talking about verbal. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to point out to our listeners, that what Tom is talking about, the, there's, you know, a lot of the rules and principles are identical with what we talk about with copywriting. But there are different things that work with the spoken language, especially mm -hmm. from the stage. And, and it's important. You can't really use fear or you can't scare people in Facebook ads. It's, right. you know, I, I, I like to call it the spiritual Prozac, the land of, <laughs> uh, you know, nothing goes wrong on Facebook, right. you know, except another country takes over our elections, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so, 
please continue. I'm not criticizing what you're talking about. I just want to point out the difference because exactly. some people who grew up mainly doing their copy on Facebook to a landing page or Google AdWords to a landing page, which is a perfectly viable channel, may not even realize you can do this or may be so conditioned not to do this. Yet on stage, it really works and, and it's okay. Uh, absolutely. And, um, and uh, also, you, you got to uh, go the extra mile. For instance, I was at an event one time where there was 500 people, and I'm doing what's called an early bird session. It was a 7 a.m. session. <sighs> this is not good, all right, for my kind of entertaining, fun, upbeat speaking. So I'm thinking, oh, man, this is not good. And there's whole, it was a breakout session. I wasn't the main event. Yeah. So I skipped the meal, all right, which I don't skip too many meals, all right, but I skipped the banquet. There was yeah. 50 banquet tables, and I went and got, uh, I'll simulate it here with, with this bottle. Okay. But if you go like this with a bottle, it crackles, right? Right. But a lot of times there's these uh, plastic cups that are hard plastic that crack and make a big noise. Yeah. So I went uh, to each of 50 tables, and I said, uh, hey, watch this, folks. Look at this. I'm going to be your speaker in the morning tomorrow. And I put it under my armpit. And I went like this, and it cracked and made a big, crazy noise. Everybody's cracking. Oh, I just soaked my armpit. I broke the bottle. <laughs> That's outrageous. I mean, a lot of people might not have the predisposition to do something like well, that. Well, the thing is, is I knew uh, this is what being a professional is about, just in copywriting. Like I was uh, hearing uh, the, one of your students was doing a two-part series on one of your episodes, uh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Bacharach or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Bert Yeah. Marin. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just call it Marin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he was talking about, uh, you know, being a professional. He says, yeah, if they had a crappy copywriter, they probably wouldn't be annoyed by all these questions you're, you're asking. But uh, a good copywriter is going to dig deep, right? right. So a good uh, person that wants to really excel on the stage is going to dig deep. And so everybody else is at one table with 10 people, you know, sucking down the food where I'm getting all 50 tables. And so here's the re result. 6 a.m. It's standing room only. The wow. meeting planner is freaking out because wow. these people got up at five o'clock to come see me. Wow. And the room was not big enough. And she's begging me to do a second session in the afternoon, change my flight. We'll pay you anything. Don't worry. See? So that's what I'm saying. Uh, and this, this is much bigger than copywriting, David. This is being a professional and going the extra mile uh, compared to your competitors. Oh, no, this is great. I mean, because you can write the best copy in the world, but if you can't promote yourself and, and get attention in a favorable way, uh, who cares? You know, I mean, unless, unless you're going to be your only customer, you're going to write the letter on the left side of your desk and the right side of your desk, you write <laughs> yourself a check. I mean, maybe Bill Gates could do that, but <laughs> most of us can't, you know? So, no, that, that's, that's great info. And how I'm trying to remember what what I was thinking about. Well, yeah, I, I know. Um, so in, in terms of the, the water bottle under your arm while you're, uh, you know, cracking your head like a, <laughs> a self-chiropractic or something, I saw, you know, most of the memes I see on Facebook, if, if I had a like an actual trash can where I could pull them off the computer and throw them in, I would. But I saw a really good one, and it said, personal growth only begins at the end of your comfort zone. And so um, while I don't think everyone here is literally going to be going to events and, and trying your stunt, I, I do think people need to understand that 
just because it sounds uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong or that you shouldn't find the own edge of your own comfort zone and push yourself, especially when you're doing events, because there is so much value in setting yourself apart in a memorable way, you know? Well, the thing is, is, and I know a lot of people in this field are pretty much intro- introverted. In fact, mm-hmm. I am introverted. I live in a 7,500 square foot house and I got a 4,000 foot TV studio and by myself. Uh, okay. It just so happens I got 25 dogs here today. So if you hear any barking, <laughs> I also have a protection dog coming. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I understand that. But if you look bigger and you say, well, you know, I want to make more money for my family. I want to make more money and do bigger things. Yeah. This is one avenue that you could pick that can accelerate you. It's like nitrous oxide to most businesses. Because if I can get in front of three or 400 prospects and come home with 100000 to a quarter of a million dollars every single time, I mean, just think what that could mean to the people out there. And you don't have, you know, yeah, you don't start like that. If you came home with an extra thousand bucks from doing a speech at a church, great. That's a thousand bucks. You know, I came from, uh, you know, a, a two horse town in Western Pennsylvania. A thousand yeah. bucks is a thousand bucks. I don't care how rich I get. See? So yeah. uh, I'm just saying that it could be a great thing. And I have a tip uh, that's perfect for people that are introverted. And I, I imagine that a lot of people in your field, and I mean, I'm kind of in your field, but I'm not, that's not my super profession is, is what you do is in your mind. When you're writing your copy, you're probably trying to articulate the copy of how it would be read in a conversational fashion in your mind. True. But that doesn't translate to actually saying it out loud in front of people. Mm-hmm. That's where the, the disconnect comes. So we have people practice out loud all the time because your your uh, lips don't go where your mind is telling you all the time unless you practice. <laughs> but I have a really super tip for people if they want to be more interesting instantly. All right. Is that is that too over the top? Is that everybody, everybody wants <laughs> you know every, a lot of people need to and some people who don't need to want to. I'm hoping I'm in the second category. All right. Well here's the tip. In general, you emphasize the adjectives and the verbs. When you say something, so for instance, let me, uh, let's look around here. I got my podcast system here. I'm going to just say it in a, a, a factual way. I have a massive podcast system and I really lay it on people when I do my podcast. All right. Okay. That's the facts of the thing. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So now I'm going to say, uh, with emphasizing the adjectives and the verbs. So I've got a massive podcast system and I really lay it on people when I do my podcast. Wow, that's that's such a difference, and, yeah, and you're just, right. You're yeah, right. so uh, and it's just uh, a little. Uh, once you once you get onto it, you don't even think about it anymore. But if you're just starting, okay, pick out the adjectives and pick out the verbs, and it doesn't work all the time, but just hit them harder, 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 and all of a sudden, you're three times more interesting to listen to, just from voice inflection, regardless of the word. That's really good, um, and I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people who aren't used to it speak in a very monotone way. And, you know, one thing that's guaranteed to do is not stir a lot of emotions. And I can see why people might do that because they're afraid they might stir criticism or it might, you know, create anger or um, disgust in other people. But uh, the fact is, most people, when you're on stage, what, and, and I'd love to know what you think about this. I, what I've found is most people on stage, except maybe for the other speakers, 
most people are rooting for you um, because they don't want to be bored. They don't want you to fail. They, they want to have a, a good entertaining experience, hopefully valuable information, you know, maybe even something that's going to change their business or their life. What do you think? It, it's more than want. It's demanded in today's atmosphere that you put a percentage of appropriate entertainment value in. I mean, I have a three-hour webinar teaching yeah. people how to use humor in speeches, and none of it's telling jokes. There's just so many ways you can use props and all kinds of things. I just read stuff from their own program, and people are rolling in the eye. You know, so anybody can really do Usually this. pretty laughable, right? Um, and, <laughs> and even if it's good, you can read it in a funny way. Well, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, any any other tips? I know you've got tons of them. Well, and, yeah, and it's just uh, you, you uh, make them love you ahead of time, add extra value, meet and greet people. And this is where the 3D, the body language and the smiling and the way you say things come in. I mean, I could say, uh, I could say it like this. Oh, Dave is going to have me on his podcast. <laughs> or I could say. That seems a little like a teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I could say, David's going to have me on his podcast. Yeah. I like okay? that. Yeah. See, so uh, all of that stuff plays in. And if you're not used to schmoozing and doing that stuff, it takes practice and, and thought to do that. But the, uh, I just have to reemphasize the, the payback is so enormous. I mean, when you're willing to talk and get out in front of people because um, you can only reach so many people with your, um, I mean, even online. I mean, I'm, I'm an online expert. That's what my expertise is. But every time I speak, boom, big, you know, massive bursts of extra income, extra people into my system. So, uh, so it's really worth it if somebody wants to, to stretch themselves a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so 3D copywriting, could you go over what each D is? I know the first one is words again. The first is words. The second is what you do. So remember, I went to those tables. I just didn't sit around. And three is your, uh, your voice inflection and facial expression. Okay. That's, All that's... working together. If you can master that, the world is your oyster. That sounds good. Uh, so if people want more info, you got a page or a link or a... Oh, just go to screwthecommute.com. It leads to everything I have in my podcast. On Mondays, we do an in-depth training session on something that's either made me or saved me a fortune. And on Wednesdays and Fridays, uh, we're just we're quitting all the other interviews and just going to play yours over and over and over again. Oh, that's good. I, I love it. <laughs> I hope people don't get tired of hearing it when they hear the same interview the seventh time. Well, yeah. they that, but this is, uh, I have identified copywriting as the most important business skill that I've gotten in my 40 plus years in business. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Absolutely. No question. There's nothing even close because you can be the greatest. And I always say a great marketer will be a great practitioner any day of the week. Now it's a sad thing that that's the truth, but that's the way it is. Uh, so you could be the greatest of all in a certain category, but if somebody else tells everybody that they're the greatest over and over and over, you're not the greatest anymore. Well, th that's the reason you should play my, uh, my exactly. interview <laughs> over, over and over, over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's good. Well, Tom, thank you so much. Oh, this, my this, pleasure. This is really great. Um, it was really great talking to you and Nathan. Yeah, yeah Nathan, uh, do you have anything to add before we sign up? I just have one thing. You guys pretty much hit every note that I was about to 
bring up but one thing that I really want to emphasize, and it's the idea a lot of copywriters, and I've even seen people promote this idea that if you're a good copywriter, then you should be flooded with work because you know how to write your own sales letter and you know how to get people to... Uh, if you can get people to buy other people's product with a sales letter, you should be able to get people to buy you with a sales letter. And it's been my experience that most of my clients don't come from sales letters. Most of my clients don't come... I have my own products that I sell with sales letters, but most of my clients come from actual conversations with people and from recommendations from other people. So... Being a good copywriter doesn't mean that you're going to be an in-demand copywriter. You do need an extra skill, which you guys did a great job covering in this week's episode. Oh, yep, okay. that's for sure. Yep. Definitely go check out Tom's website. You said that was screwthecommute.com. Screwthecommute.com. Yep. All right. Screwthecommute.com. And of course, if you want to get more episodes of this podcast, check out copywriterspodcast.com. Until next time, we will catch you later. Well, make sure that they review it because I just did that before I got on here. I went and reviewed and gave a five-star rating to your podcast. Yeah. So please be sure to review it <laughs> on, on uh, iTunes. Thanks, Tom. All right. <laughs> All right. If you found this show valuable and you'd like to get it in the ears of other people, the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. This show was brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.